0: Welcome to the Dallas-Based Innovators Podcast. I'm Andrew Louder, founder and CEO of Dallas-based consulting firm Louder Co. There's so many great people innovating in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. This podcast aims to highlight them, the amazing things they're doing, and get behind the scenes on their approach and on them personally. At my company Louder Co., we're the innovation specialists business leaders turn to when their organization must perform better. Artificial intelligence, business transformation, and venture building projects are usually very stressful, not with us. We believe your business will soon begin losing without an AI strategy. We create AI strategies to accelerate operations and create revolutionary new technology products. We do that because we're tired of seeing businesses that keep letting bad operations kill their growth. Through change initiatives like creating innovation hubs, improving processes, and instilling technologies, we transform companies to perform better and grow faster. Our gift to you for listening is access to our free Intro to Artificial Intelligence guide. We hit on what is AI, where is it going, and how to get it into your business. Get that free guide at louderco.com slash intro to AI. We look forward to serving you. Visit us at louderco.com for more information, insightful content, and ways to schedule our first conversation. Thank you for listening, and on to our show. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Dallas-Based Innovator Show, presented by Louder Co. I'm Andrew Louder, and I'm really excited about our show today. I have Mike Courtney uh, with us here. He's founder and CEO of Appirio Insights. And I'll tell you, every time I talk to Mike, I feel like my mind gets blown a little bit more (laughs) each and every time. He really is, you know, when I talk about innovators, he comes to mind for me. Uh, He's a a futurist. He leads a number of think tanks throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's helped uh, clients in the automotive space, fintech space, all kinds of different uh, industries as well. But uh, let's welcome Mike to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Andrew.
0: All right, Mike. Well, how about this? Let's get started. Let's hear about yourself. Give us a bit of just a one to two minute rundown on who you are.
1: One to two minutes. So let's see. Uh, so I was born it, that's young. That's possible. <laughs> I was born young, really young. Um, I was a baby even. Um, so so I'm from upstate New York. Uh, I'm from a really little town called Elmira, New York. Not much uh, comes from Elmira, um, but it's, uh, I guess its claim to fame is it has two really, really secure prisons. So that's really the base of the economy there. But it's uh, upstate New York, so we had all four seasons and not much else, but uh, uh, it was a great place to, to grow up, a little teeny town, uh, relatively safe. All the, all the bad people are sort of kept over in the prison. So, um, but, but nice little town to grow up, and uh, it, taught me, it taught me how to think like an entrepreneur because a little town, growing up with a lot of siblings, you sort of have to make your own way to figure out, okay, well, if I want to do something, if I want money to go spend on my own at the at the mall or at the arcade, how do I do that? And 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 that's where I got my start in terms of figuring out well, how do you figure out what people want and what they'll pay for? Interesting. So that's where I got started.
0: Just basically out of necessity, out of creativity. Look,
1: necessity and creativity. Yeah. I remember the conversation with my parents going something along the lines of I said, well, well, I want these new shoes, and they said, well we can get you these shoes over here. I said, like, well, no, that's not the ones I want. I want those. And they said, well, someday when you have your own money, you can buy whatever you want. And I said, oh, great, cool. Give me my own money. like, it's not how it works. Um, to have your own money, you have to work. And I said, well, so by the way, what is work? I know dad leaves the house every morning, goes someplace, quote, work. <laughs> he comes back, and apparently they pay him. I don't know what work is. What does he do when he's not at the house? And I had no idea what that was. And they right. said, well, You know, for you, work can be these things. And they said, well, you know, if you want to work, Mike, you can maybe mow a lawn or shovel snow or rake leaves or walk a a dog or, you know, wash somebody's car, do these things. And uh, I said, okay, great. I made a mental note and I went out and did every single one.
0: Wow. Fantastic. You're a go-getter. Well, I was motivated at that point. Money motivated. Right. right? How old were you at the time?
1: uh, At that time, I was uh, 11 going on 12.
0: Okay, That's a great age for that. As a parent, I'm always wondering when's the right time for this. You know, when when can we have the money discussion? When we can when can we have the career discussion? That sort mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, always in the back of my mind. But uh, okay, so do you recall how we met? Uh, Ray Estep,
1: I believe, That's right? Made an introduction. So Ray is right. a good friend of mine from uh, Nokia days, way back in the day. Nokia.
0: Yeah, great guy. I've had coffee with him a number of times, and he's just such a. He's also a wealth of knowledge. Oh yeah! Every conversation I have with him is always a, a good one, and uh, and then we got lunch together, mm-hmm. and I think I probably had one of the more uh, enthralling conversations related to artificial intelligence. <laughs> that I think yep. uh, I've had in a long time, uh, and that's saying a lot. I think I, I think a lot about it. I talk a lot about it, and uh, so that was a great conversation. And I was like, I, I told you, I need to find a way to stick around you, <laughs> <laughs> however I could. But uh, no, I appreciate you doing that. Uh, okay, so you, New York, what brought you to Dallas? Plain.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, so No, so um, I had gone to grad school and ended up in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, working for a market research supplier. And then from there, ended up uh, applying for and getting hired by a company that was really sort of unknown at the time. But it was company a little company called Nokia. Mm-hmm. And uh, they brought me to Texas for the first time and it was a cell phone company, mobile phone company and when I when I joined it was still analog and uh, shortly after I joined, they were going from analog into digital and all those things opened up. So uh, you know moving into a digital uh, communications world and, and all the things that that brought with it and all the just crazy growth. And then I moved from Dallas uh, over to Europe for a couple of years, was an expat, lived in UK and Finland for a couple of years, then moved back and uh,
0: stayed here ever since. So, Got it. What did those years abroad do for you, yeah, I mean, personal-wise, career-wise? Did it mm. open your eyes to anything?
1: Got a lot of uh, frequent flyer miles, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, so it, it was really interesting to have – uh, basically that one-way ticket where it's like, hey, wait, I don't have a return ticket because at this time I'm going there and I'm not coming back anytime soon. Right. So that was really weird to get off the plane knowing this is where I live now. So now granted, I got off the plane, I was in UK, went into the office and they said, hey, great, welcome. And uh, by the way, tomorrow you're going to Finland, you'll be there a week, then you'll come back and then we'll catch up. So the very next day, got on a flight, went to Finland, met the team I was going to support up in Oulu. Finland, uh, Ah. uh, northern Finland, and uh, stayed at the Ramada Hotel, because they couldn't pronounce Ramada to save their (laughs) life. Um, So after a week, came back, and they said, great, how did it go? I said, fantastic. And they said, great, you're going to spend about half your month in in Finland. I'm like, oh, okay. So spent the next couple of years going back and forth from UK to Finland and other parts of the globe just doing research uh, for, for different product lines within Nokia.
0: Wonderful. So right now you're at Aperio, Aperio yep. Insights. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to tell us more about Aperio and what you're doing there. Sure.
1: So Aperio Insights is a, basically a research and foresight consultancy. So we do near-term tactical research, things like, you know, what do people like, don't like, and what will they pay for it? You know, what color, what should we call it, what messaging points to call out, those kind of near-term tactical research things. And then when we're finished with the near-term tactical, <coughs> then we move on to long term strategic. So what are the things that may come about? What are the things that that are possible? Where might we go from here? Uh, far beyond what the traditional research can do for us today, but looking at 5, 10, 20, 25 years out into how the forces of change may manifest and, and what they may change, what they may bring into possibility. So
0: that that blows my mind a little bit. Just To be able to look that far ahead into the future, I I'm, I'm just amazed, and I would love it if you could kind of take us behind the curtains a little bit. And what's that process like for you all there at the company to, to come up with those kinds of insights?
1: Sure. Well, the, the first thing to understand is that we're not actually predicting anything, right? Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not saying, hey, you know, 13 years from now, this will happen on a Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. Right. We're not trying to predict. We're really looking at the possibilities. We're saying, what are the things that are possible? And th- this is something that you and I do as humans all the time. Uh, we, 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 we think through what's possible, and we even think through how we would handle it if one thing happened versus another. If you and I said, hey, let's, let's go grab lunch again, and in fact, let's invite Ray Estep along. Let's the three of us grab lunch. Uh, let's do it in about a month. So, okay, great. We're going to have lunch in about a month. We don't yet know necessarily where we're going to have lunch, but you know me. And you know the kind of foods I like. Uh, I know a little bit about the kind of foods you like. But then Ray is that, that third factor of, well, mm-hmm. what, what is he like that we both like? And then based on what day we're going to have lunch, we may say, well, you know, is there going to be traffic or not? Is it a Saturday and we can drive all over? No worries. Or is it a weekday and, and we're all coming from meetings, so we have to figure out where we're going. But we can think through all those possibilities and say, well, if it's a weekday, what might happen? What might we do? If it's right. a weekend, what might, if it's raining, if we have a big storm, like the big storm that just came through a couple of weeks ago, what might we do? Mm-hmm. And we can think through, well, well, if there's a big storm, we can, we can punt and, and do this and do the lunch a day later, or we can meet somewhere else or make sure we don't eat outside. Or, we can think through all those possibilities. And that's all we do really for businesses is help them think through what those possibilities are. What might happen if 10 years from now, maybe there's three or four more large competitors. Well, if there are, what might you do? Mm-hmm. What actions might you take? It's what invaluable. decisions might you make? It's, yeah. it's, it's thinking through possibilities, not right. predicting what will or won't happen.
0: So then is it more on the side of possibility and not so much probability?
1: How much does well, that way into it? Probability is definitely there as well. Um, and, and as much as we do hear the the, the the phrase, well, you know, you can't predict the future, and in some extent, you can. There's some things that we absolutely know for sure about the future, things that are future facts, uh, and those are things we call hard trends, right? Hard trends are that in five years from now, if we're both around, we'll both be five years older. Fact. Future fact. Can't change it, and it is a, it's a hard trend. Five years from now, will house prices be higher than they are today? Well, they've been going up for quite a while, so... Some may think, well, of course, they'll always go up. Well, maybe not. I think you and I have both lived through cycles where house prices were going up and up, and then all of a sudden, they didn't go up. They went down, uh, much to a lot of people's surprise. But so hard versus soft trends, we look at those things and we combine and say, okay, what are the things we absolutely know about the future? And what are the things that a lot of people would guess and predict that, well, we think things are going to go this way or that way, but we can't guarantee for sure. And it's not as much about, at that point, really predicting whether house prices will go up or down or whether uh, phones will get smaller or not. It's it's really just saying, if it happens that way, what would we do with it? If those things occur or don't occur, what action would we take? And having that plan already on the shelf, we know what we're going to do. Hey, If it's going to rain on the day that you and I are going to go to lunch with Ray, uh, automatically we know the yeah. plan is we're not sitting on the patio outside.
0: I think along those lines, I recall, and I'm probably going to butcher a quote from Jeff Bezos, where he basically says, I mean, you can virtually predict any customer is going to want to pay less, get their stuff faster, you know, those type of things. And as long as they're delivering on those um, needs, then they'll be okay. As long as they continue innovating along those lines, they'll be okay as a company. Um, so then, what what are some of the biggest challenges and reasons that companies may come to you? I know there's the, f- the forward thinking, but what are some of the specific things they may be uh, seeking from a period?
1: So a lot of times it, it's really just taking, taking it all in and saying, okay, here are all the things that are going on in the world. How is society changing? How is culture changing? And what impacts might that have on their business? Most people go to work every day, work in a business where – they're, they're really thinking about the efficiency and the operations of their business. It's tough to take time out to think about the strategy of the business and really think beyond the things that are in the current purview. So that's what we do. We, we come in and we say, hey, your head's down in your business, where you should be, making sure that things run smoothly every day. We're going to help you think beyond that and think 5, 10, 12, 15 years out because we're, we're more familiar and we're really well-versed in where change is coming from. Change that you and I may say, well, this, cha- this trend or that trend or this technology or that technology. We look not only at the technology and the trends, but the source of that change. What's driving that change? What's driving that trend? What's driving that, 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 that thing that we see written up about in all the different uh, sources? So we look at those things and we apply it. And that's what we're really good at is applying all these outside forces and saying, here's how it might impact you.
0: And what type of clients are you serving?
1: Hmm. So we do a lot in uh, ag tech, uh, fintech, a lot in automotive, um, chemical industry. It, it, I'm trying to think of things that we don't do more than the things we do. Are they it,
0: typically a Fortune 500 companies or yeah. mid-market size? All, yeah. all the above?
1: Okay. Yeah. Fortune 500, but we still do quite a bit of work for uh, startups. Uh, we do invest Um, So we're still in the deal flow and we see a lot of uh, interest from startup companies that we either do pro bono work or just uh, they cover our costs and we'll do things in part to keep the the skills up and Mm -hmm. experiment with new tools, new methodologies for people that really need the help but can't afford to buy it. So we're like, "Eh, I've been meaning to use this new tool. Let me try it out on you. And if it works, great. You got it for free. If it doesn't work, well, I tried the tool and you didn't. You didn't have to pay right. anything, right?
0: And you lead a number of think tanks. I I, yeah. I regret not going to an automotive think tank you had not too long ago. What was that like? You know, what What are you What are you looking to solve for there?
1: What we're looking to solve for there, we 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 bring together a lot of cross functional people. Um, so that one, we had everything from people from AI. We had uh, a few lawyers. We had some doctors. We had some engineers. We had uh, a wide range of people, and we task them with thinking through, again, how certain things may intersect in the future. So you look at timeless needs, things that we did in the past, we do today, we'll do in the future, uh, in various categories. So in automotive, for example, hey, we did in the past, we do, in the, we do now, and we'll do in the future things like entertainment, right? Entertainment might have meant, when we were growing up, uh, you know, a coloring book or hit your brother every time you saw mm-hmm. a Volkswagen or some game, Today, it means something different, typically with technology. In the future, it means something different, again, probably with a change in technology. So we look at the timeless needs and how that may intersect with other cultural forces, social changes that are going on, and then, again, another layer of technology to see what might be possible. Mm-hmm. And different perspectives, different functional people that are there in the think tank really bring a, a different lens or a different voice, and we come up with very unexpected outcomes, very unexpected outputs. those things. What's
0: the process or framework you use at these think tanks to to get these ideas
1: out and get this cross-functional? You know, uh, the the typical exercises you might imagine in a workshop, right? Different exercises we go through. um, And again, everybody brings their own lens. They bring their own perspective to it. Things as simple as a assumption reversal where you say, hey, let's make a list of all the assumptions for a given space. Assumptions that are so basic that if I said Okay, well, one of the assumptions of entertainment is if I turn the radio on, everybody in the car can hear it. To which most people apply, well, duh. Well, yeah, it's such a basic assumption. It's like a duh. And then you take that assumption and you reverse it and say, well, in the future, I could turn on entertainment, let's say radio or streaming something, and not everybody in the car would have to listen to the same thing. Now it becomes a hmm versus a duh. Yeah, huh, well, how would you do? Oh, that's interesting. So I could actually play content and different people, depending on where they're sitting, might hear something different. Sort of like when you're on a plane. The pilot doesn't get to decide on a plane what everybody's going to listen to. Right. Right. Everybody Thankfully. at their seat. Exactly. Everybody at their seat gets to choose what they listen to. Well, what if in the future automobiles are more like planes? Everybody decides what they want to listen to, what content they want to consume, not just based on who the driver is and or who's riding shotgun and has access to the to, to the to the dashboard. Interesting
0: stuff. So then what were some of the key takeaways from that that you could share?
1: Mm. That I can share? That's yeah. The <laughs> so uh, and again, the, the key thing is that everybody brings unique lens a unique perspective. Um, you know, th- there was uh, one of the attorneys that was there, again, had very unique perspectives as to how things would work in terms of privacy and the infrastructure required to have privacy uh, in terms of all the data that we're going to be uh, creating and using in the future. Um, but there were other people that were, uh, again, engineers, or, uh, there was a school teacher there. They had a very different view of how this would all work. Um, so.
0: That's interesting. So we've got, um, just on a personal note, we have a baby on the way. Oh, congratulations. So, thank you. So that means we'll have three kids, basically six and under, and I'm fighting against the minivan, <laughs> okay. Like I have to be able to fit all the kids and be able to go on road trips comfortably to fit everything. And I'm I'm also I'm weighing the competition. I'm looking out there. Well, okay. Aside from the minivan market, what else is out there? These three row. You can either go huge suburban expedition, yep. whatever, or the more com- the kind of smaller uh, three row SUVs. And um, I don't know if you got, you've seen these, but the I, I was surprised to see these new offerings from Kia and Hyundai. The Kia Telluride and the Hyundai Palisade. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the largest of their kind that they've made in those respective companies. And I feel like they've done a good job just thinking of just about anything. I think they have like 14 cup holders, like six or eight different USB ports, You know, great mechanism to go from you know the second row to the third row. And um, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall as they were coming up with all these things. And I, I'm curious to see how other automakers are going to react to that. Let's see.
1: I mean, I, I think when it comes to things like that, automakers, yeah, they do keep track of each other and say, okay, what did he do? This is what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I think the real trick, though, is looking beyond the cup holders and USB ports and say, well, in the future, do I need 16 cup holders, 18 cup holders? Or is the timeless need that I wanna make sure I don't spill my drink. Right. Right. Okay, well, are there ways to do that without having more and more and more cup holders? What if every person in the vehicle had a little robot arm that would basically hold the drink wherever they wanted it? Instead of assuming, well, if I have a <laughs> cup nice. holder, i have to put one on my left, one on my right, and one in front of me. That's three cup holders per person times five seats. That's you know. So maybe in the future we don't have that fixed cup holder. Right or 14 fixed cup holders. (laughs) Maybe we have a little robot arm that's going to hold it because, again, that's the timeless need of, I want to be able to have a drink, not have to hold on to it and make sure it doesn't spill, but I want it nearby because if the drink was in the trunk, that's not helping me either. So I want to be able to keep the drink nearby, have it not spill, and be able to reach it and sip on it or drink it when I want and then put it back somewhere. One way to do it is to have lots of cup holders. Another way to do it is to have something that's dynamic. Yeah. So... That's now, how we think about
0: it. One, I, one th- innovation I think about every day, and steal it, do whatever you want with it, is a robotic sun visor. Uh-huh. I get so tired of having to adjust it from being in the front to the side, back to the front. So if something could just react to where the sunlight is coming. That'd be ideal.
1: Yeah, and that that sun visor need not be a physical item. That could be digital. Oh, that could be. There we go. That's I could, what I was looking for. <laughs> I could draw. I could use my finger to sort of wave in the air and have that create an outline of something on the on the glass uh, near me. And yeah. that would be a shaded portion. And that shaded portion could change as the sun position changes or as I turn left and now the sun's coming. So there's, again, the car yeah. should be able to anticipate a no. And it doesn't have to be a physical rectangle thing. Right. I reach up and flip.
0: Now, that, that just blew my mind. I don't know if you could tell that. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, looking forward, though, I mean, if as cars become autonomous, we may not need windows. Exactly. And so this this little problem may
1: not be even a, an issue later on down the road. Well, but and here's the thing is that even once we have cars that are autonomous, it doesn't mean that we'll always use them as such. Right. I mean, you have in your car, you have cruise control. Do you always use it? No. No. Because that's the thing, having it doesn't mean you're required to use it, at least True. not yet. Eventually, the legislation may say, yeah, guess what, you have to use it. Like seatbelts, right? Seatbelts came out, people had them, weren't required to use them for quite a while. Then it became a law, and it's like, well, you have them and you're required to use it. But initially, when autonomous uh, systems come out, you won't be required to use them all the time. You may say, well, here I want to use it, there I don't. So yeah. th- you'll still have the Point. option. At
0: least until they remove the steering wheels, I guess.
1: Yeah, or the steering wheel, yeah, goes away, comes back, goes away, comes back. But, yeah. Yeah, That'd be cool.
0: All right, so how about this? Let's move into the lightning round. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So um, really hardly anything is different between the previous line of questioning and the lightning round, but (laughs) something to break it apart. Uh, What do you wish you had known when you started your career? When I started my career? What would you, if you could go back and tell your younger self something?
1: Wow figure out what career means, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> good boy. So, yeah, I, I I don't think about career, I guess, in the normal way that maybe some people do. Because I've, I've worked for myself for quite a while. So I've had the, the Perio company for 18, 19 years. Got it. So, and even growing up, again, I sort of worked for myself. So there were periods of time in between after I got a undergrad undergrad and things that I worked for large companies. But... I'm Most invited. of the time I don't think about career. I just think yeah. about, okay, what is it I want to do that other people seem to want me to do for them?
0: What about year one of a period, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> year hey, one of hey a Perio. Mike, watch out for this.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll go back and watch out for, gosh, you know, I wouldn't change it. That's, That's wonderful. I, I That's wouldn't wonderful. change it. Yeah. Because year one was really when I was, uh, my year one was I I, I left uh, Venture Capital and was going to take a year to learn how to better drink and golf or golf and drink, something like that. <laughs> and um, and I was going to take a year sabbatical, and Dallas Business Journal wrote up an article saying, Courtney leaves Genesis Campus. And um, and all these entrepreneurs that had come and seen us at the venture uh, company and, and pitched to us started reaching out and saying, hey, you got my idea. You talked about doing this research thing that would help us figure out and and really dial in our product market you know, concept. And we still want to do that, but you're no longer at the venture fund. Can mm-hmm. you help us? By the way, you didn't write a check. So keep in mind, <laughs> we don't have any money, so you'd have to be doing it pro bono. I was like, yeah, let's do that. So I, I took on so many pro bono projects that next thing you know, I was like, oh, this is sort of a thing. in charge for this. And, oh, well, and then enough people reached out to me because of that, the pro bono work, and said, hey, we want you to do it for these guys over here. I'm like, well, that guy over there, is a big multinational company, why would I do free research for him? Like, no, 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 they have a budget. Like, yeah, I'm on sabbatical, but then again, yeah, have them call me. So, so it just sort of worked out. I didn't intend yeah. to start it, but it, it all worked out. That's amazing.
0: And I know in the beginning of the conversation, you noted how... Your upbringing really influenced you
1: along the way. Has
0: there been anybody in particular or any instance in particular that's really shaped you?
1: You know, there have been a lot of people along the way that that encouraged or at least put up with my curiosity <laughs> right. and said, okay, well, you know, here, you're curious about this, go there, check it out, learn more, learn more. Um, one in particular at the first company that I worked in uh, after undergrad, uh, which was a uh, agway energy products energy company up in new england george pusey george pusey was head of i don't know if they even called it research but maybe data or something data and decisions and he recognized that i was curious and i would actually have conversations with him at different meetings that we'd go to and and he really encouraged that you know we'll go into research and look at this and look at that and find out why they're doing it so he was he was a great influence on in me
0: that's wonderful and a, a diversion from the lightning around here i Suppose it requires a rather um, particular mindset
1: to be a researcher. And to be a researcher, I guess a particular mindset. It just has to be that you think a little bit more methodical, process and say, okay, well, why is that happening? Because you know, research has qual and quant, right? Qual is all about, you know, why do people want what they want or not want the thing that you have to offer? And the quant is what percent of them think that way. So yeah. you have to be willing to at least be methodical and curious and say, okay, well, let's get beyond the surface level. Cause somebody said, well, I bought the car because I like it. Well, that's not really enough of an answer. Why did you like it? Oh, well, because it's fast. Well, why is fast important to you? Um, cause it might be because like I drive an hour to work and I can drive in 45 minutes if it's fast, or it might be because I like the pleasure of driving fast when I'm not going to work. So understanding the underlying rationale and reasons, Got you just it. have to have that curiosity. Absolutely.
0: Is there anything you're learning about right now? <laughs> <laughs> you're always learning, I suppose,
1: right? There's quite a bit. There's quite a bit on the docket right now in terms of new topics and things that, again, aren't necessarily a new topic, but new layers, new depths, new perspectives that we'll be unpacking for years. I mean, AI is one of them. Uh, material science, so much is going on there that we're trying to apply for different uh, client projects. Things, uh, Everything from aerogels to uh noise canceling technology and physical uh physical products so lots of different things uh uh, distributed ledger of course blockchain related things payment related things um yeah there's no shortage
0: of things that we're trying to learn about wonderful i'll have to introduce him michael llewellyn if you don't know him yet he was a another guest of our show blockchain um expert specialist enthusiast and i think you two would have a wonderful conversation Mm -hmm. I'll have to connect you guys. So do you find yourself being more of a a morning person or a night person?
1: You know, more of an evening night person. Yeah. Yeah. Up late burning the candle. Yeah. (laughs) Well, reading, consuming information, you know, and then the little guilty pleasures of the little YouTube channels that you watch. You're like, have no real redeeming factor other than they're entertaining. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So what are some routines you've set for yourself to stay productive?
1: Routines to stay productive. Um, Gosh, that, that's a good idea. Yeah. I should <laughs> <laughs> I've been,
0: I've been actually um, amazed. You know, there's some folks that I've, I've spoken with here on the podcast where they had, they talk about the routine, how important it is to them. And others oh. that's like, I'd rather live without routine. I can't live with so much routine and structure. Uh, it, so it for, goes over.
1: For, for us, every day is different because every project is slightly different. So, yeah you never know what's going to happen. And you also, we we try to be very responsive. So we'll have clients call up sometimes for the moment and need something done really quickly. So you have to be able to shift and shuffle and say, okay, well, I'm going to push this off over here. I'm going to prioritize this. Um, You know, people, hey, I know I said we could have that report next week, but I have a board meeting tomorrow. Can we have like just this piece of it? I'm like, oh, you mean the piece that's like the final piece that we were going to write next week? Yeah, that piece. So Mm -hmm. you sort of have to be able to, to uh, be flexible yeah
0: you seem like the kind of guy that loves what he does mm. you're not working for the weekend no but wh- what do you like to do in your spare time what are you looking forward to the most on on a
1: weekend if if uh if anything strikes you there you know i mean we, we love traveling so like uh going interesting places meeting different people trying different foods um love cooking so using those airline miles from Back in the day, yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) I have plenty of airline miles, that's for sure.
0: What's recommend a place I should go visit?
1: Oh, a place I should go visit. Gosh, there's tons.
0: Or maybe just what was Um, your favorite place? One
1: one place that stands out. You know, uh, uh, and and because at the beginning of the show we were talking about uh, living in Finland, I do miss Finland. People are like, wait, but it's cold there. I'm like, yeah, so what? New York's yeah. cold too in the wintertime, but in the summertime, beautiful. Fantastic. Really? Finland in the summertime is like San Diego with wow. like 23 hours of sunshine. Wow. And it's just fantastic. Fantastic. It's Great.
0: never crossed my mind to go to Finland until now. Oh,
1: and again, summertime in Finland, again, no better place. Because the, the, the sun will go down about three three thirty for like twenty minutes, pop right back up again. <laughs> oh my gosh! And and it's and it's wild to be out in like a little town or city at like two in the morning because th- th- there's like no activity, but it's total sunshine and it feels like one of those scenes from a movie or like a yeah. movie where like wait what happened? Where'd all the people go? Um, but it just happens to be middle of the night but yeah. sunny.
0: It feels like almost like the Truman Show when they yeah. just bring the sun back up. And yep. It's like, uh, hey, in the middle of the a night. minute. Yeah. So, All right. So Mike, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. What's it like for
1: a customer or
0: client to work with you? How do they get started?
1: Typically it's a phone call and, and more often than not, it's like phone call or an email from somebody saying, Hey, I talked to somebody who told me I should talk to you. So let's talk. Got so it. yeah, and, that refer- referrals are yeah. so strong. Yeah. And, and we typically start out by just, you know, thinking through, okay, well, what are they trying to solve? What are they trying to do? And the first, the first step really, Andrew, is to figure out can we give them the advice to go solve it on their own? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people come to us initially with problems. Where we're like, well, it's not really a problem that's a big enough issue for us to get involved. We can say, well, ah, we've got the solution. Go here, read this, do that, and we help them take care of it themselves. And then they come back when they have a problem that's maybe a little bigger than they can handle on their own. But yeah, we like to sense. teach them to fish on their own then come to us when they need a bigger haul, a bigger catch. That's smart,
0: smart. So how does uh, how do people contact you or uh, visit Apirio
1: insights.com. we've got a website that seems to work pretty well, and uh, uh, they're welcome to email or, or call me as well.
0: Wonderful. Well, Mike Courtney, thank you so much for being a guest on the Dallas Space Innovator Show. I'm Andrew Lauder, signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.